0: Welcome, everybody, to the third episode, Do It For Dell, of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Podcast. It's a weekly podcast with longtime friends where we talk sports, beers, and various shenanigans. On the podcast tonight, we have Matt Hickey Hickman, and uh, making his first appearance on the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts Podcast is Alan Marcus Eugene Wallace. Welcome to the show, AWOL.
1: Thank you. Why do you have to share my middle names? Come
0: on now. Come on. It is what uh, it is. I mean, you have two of them, so why
1: not? I, hey, it's, it's pretty rare, but no, it's good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, as we start off every episode, we're going to do the, uh, what are you drinking this week? Uh, Mr. LaCroix, what are you drinking?
2: So, I've actually made a shift this week. Um, LaCroix the past two weeks. This week's going with Dasani sparkling water, black cherry mm. flavor. Wow. Losing weight is a whole lot of fun.
0: Uh, I guess so. Uh, what's this weight loss thing over with?
2: uh i've got till the end of the month it's looking pretty bleak but i still think i'm gonna end up losing like 50 pounds and you know i'm gonna consider that a win it's yeah that's in my
1: book yeah worth it worth it yeah hey well what
0: are you uh what are you drinking this week
1: uh last time i had beer was at a gig last saturday so i think i had a um, local ipa from a local brewery called d9 and it was called hakuna matata so in honor of the Lion King coming out this summer, it was a it was a solid IPA, not too hoppy. Nice. This yeah.
0: week I'm going with a nice little college favorite, Bud Light, because <laughs> my wife's 38 weeks pregnant and she uh, she made me stop <laughs> drinking liquor until the baby comes. So <laughs> Bud Light uh, winner. We couldn't be
1: on two we couldn't be on two opposite sides of the spectrum. That was funny.
2: Quick uh, quick baby update, Chris. How's uh, how's that going? Chris is about uh, to have baby number two very soon.
0: Yeah, 30, 38 weeks pregnant. Uh, doesn't look like it's really imminent to be here. We have a fantasy football draft in nine days. Um, I, I made a proposal to the wife where I said, uh, hey, if I get you a hotel room Friday night at the draft at the hotel next to the hospital, like where we're having the baby, <laughs> and I go to the draft, is that is that fair game? Can I do that? And She hasn't gave me an answer, so...
1: Uh, that's that's fair that's
0: fair i'm did, just saying Hic- there's
1: a chance hickey didn't you show up to a draft in similar circumstances a couple years ago
2: i did uh my wife was 30 about the same about 38 weeks pregnant and in, yeah instead of driving the four hours to the draft there was a strange circumstance where i was actually only two hours from the draft because my dad was in the hospital and since my wife, she said, "Well, listen, you're, I'm already at the hospital, so if I'm going to go into labor, it may as well be here." So she was a good sport, and I just randomly showed up at the draft. Uh,
0: I'm just hoping
1: Liz is a good sport about it.
2: Super pregnant women are always very comfortable, cheery, and willing to be good sports about anything.
1: In the right know, mind, yeah, right turn of mind, I all the time. Pregnant. I mean, I mean, it's just in general. <laughs> Well, let's let's just remind everybody that this is your fault, that you knew not to have uh, sexual relations during the month of November, and then you did it anyway, so. Guilty. Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely guilty. Uh,
0: <laughs> okay, let's go. Uh, first segment, Making Sense of the Week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. We're going to start with some NFL stories of the week. Uh, first off is Antonio Brown. Oh, boy. This, this guy, uh, he started <laughs> the offseason. He got traded from the Steelers to the Raiders. Gets traded for a third and fifth round pick. He got a three-year, fifty-million-dollar deal from the Raiders. Shows up to camp with a frostbit feet and a little fungus growing out. Like it looks like they're infected. That's not bad enough. He decides, "Hey, I got to play with my helmet. That's illegal, or I'm retiring." Which obviously was not going to happen because he's going to—he's not turning down fifty million. No. He's probably uh, broke as it is. I mean, playing paycheck to paycheck because he's—he's he's as smart as the pen I'm using to write down my notes. Uh, but yeah, so his helmet gate, like he literally had to like get on Twitter and be like, Hey, can somebody find me a helmet that's less than 10 years old, this model size large I need it. I'll trade you an autographed helmet, yada, yada, yada. So what are your expectations of Antonio Brown this year?
2: Well, speaking as a Steelers fan, uh, I think the st- the third and the fifth round went from like incredulous that they gave him up for that to now thinking like, maybe, maybe that was a pretty good deal. <laughs> He has a like, – obviously, he's Antonio Brown, so the ceiling's super high, but I think as a – the whole circumstance, I think the floor is ultra low and it could be a terrible season.
1: Well, I think I think his talent's there. Um, it's a it's a big downgrade from, you know, Big Ben to Derek Carr. I almost said David Carr, throw it back there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he – as long as he's healthy, he's going to put up good stats. I don't think he's going to be the best receiver in football anymore. But yeah, he's he's crazy. I mean, as far as I know, these these new helmets are to keep people safe, and uh, and he's not willing to wear a new helmet, which is, just seems stupid to me. But you know, maybe he's taking a few too many shots to the head. But I don't know. I'm I'm going to go ahead and say a hundred catches at least. But maybe wow,
2: you don't think 100? so? I mean, he has a hundred catches every
1: year.
0: Uh, I think he a- misses
2: time and he catches like fifty. Wow.
0: So I, I had some over unders I was gonna give y'all. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Good. I, I think the catches are. Uh, I've already got the answer for. I set the <laughs> catches at eighty.
2: Okay. All right. I'll go. Pretty much over. square
0: in the middle of y'all. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Abel's going over. Hickman's going under. How about some? Uh, let's do the yards. Twelve hundred yards.
2: I'm gonna stick the under. Yeah. We're
0: assuming he plays a full season, so oh, just don't. Oh, so assuming
2: he plays. Okay.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm barely over. Barely over 1,200.
2: Yeah, if he, like that, see, that's the thing. I think he won't play the whole season. But if he does, yeah, I think over is probably a safe bet.
0: And my touchdowns was eight.
2: Yeah, over. Mm. They're going to force it to him in the red zone.
1: I'm going to go under.
0: I was going uh, under on all three, but I thought they were all fair numbers. So.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Low expectations for Antonio Brown on my end. Another player that's had a kind of interesting offseason, uh, Dak Prescott. He reportedly turned down a $30 million a year contract in the hopes of getting $40 million a year. Hey, Walt, uh, what are your
1: initial thoughts on that one? Does, does he know that he is Dak Prescott and not Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is my first thought. But my second thought is Jerry Jones will probably pay him just because that's what Jerry Jones does. But... They've got a mess in Dallas. They've got to figure out how to pay all three of those guys and they all want max contracts. So um yeah, turning down thirty million for a guy that's been slightly above average so far in his career, uh, seems kind of crazy to me.
2: Yeah. I mean I'm I think he should have taken the deal, but I, I I mean the the thing is there there's there's that skewed like the quarterback position skewed quarterbacks get overpaid. I mean, Kirk Cousins made a ton of money. I don't, I'm, I'm not sold on, on Cousins, but he, he's, an, he's one of one of many. So, Dak is a what is he? Maybe the 18th best quarterback in the NFL, 15th best. I'm just guessing.
0: I was going to say 20.
2: 20. Okay. So, so sure that okay. So, I mean, it seems like a ridiculous amount of money, but the quarterback position, you have to if you don't have someone competent, you can't win a Super Bowl, so he's beyond competent, right? Or you you can't make the playoffs. Look at the
1: Jaguars; they had a great defense, and Blake Bortles torpedoed their season because he was terrible. Yeah, you got to have at least yeah competent is the word for sure. Yeah, and you got to yeah, and you got to pay for it these days, which is insane. Paying for competence
2: ridiculous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, well, you kind of touched on it, but uh, the Cowboys have to sign two other players, not necessarily before the season starts, but before next season starts. um, If you had to pay two of the three, Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper, uh, which two would you pick?
1: I'm going to pay – I know we just talked about it as if, you know, he's not that great, but I'm going to pay Dak just because of the, you know, the conversation we were just having about you've got to have a a quarterback who's at least, you know, good enough to get you there. And then I'm going to pay Zeke because he's a special talent. I don't know, Amari Cooper hasn't shown – I mean, he had a a few good games last year, but um, once he went to Dallas, but he hasn't shown me too much up until this point. So I'm going to go with uh, Zeke and Dak.
2: I think my answer is the same. Um, I I mean, obviously, Amari Cooper's good, but I don't know. Do we know how good he is? I mean, I'm I'm not really sure. I think a lot of it could be, uh, you know, both circumstances were high volume. But uh, I do think the biggest crime with Amari Cooper's career is that he left the Raiders with Derek Carr because they called that pairing AC-DC, and that was <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> I
0: didn't realize that. If, if I had to choose, I would, I would pay Dak and Amari. Wow. Um, I think running backs are a dime a dozen. I would trade Zeke for... I, I'd be thrilled if somebody gave me a second-round pick for Zeke. Uh, I really think running backs are a dime a dozen. Uh, I had a feel I had
1: a feeling you were gonna say that. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: the only pause I have with paying Dak is I feel like this Cowboys team in particular is built around a team that needs a rookie quarterback on a rookie quarterback contract uh, to keep all the pieces together. Yeah. So if you pay if you pay Dak thirty million, you're you're there's gonna be some some traction there. But I, I, I pay Dak, I pay Amari and uh deals right. for whatever I can get. Moving on. Uh, this could be my favorite topic of the show, Alan Wallace. Uh, which NFL coach do you think's on the hottest seat?
1: The hottest seat this year. So I'm looking at a, a list of NFL coaches, and um, I think maybe I think maybe Dan Quinn might be on the hot seat this year in Atlanta. Um, they've got they've got the quarterback. They've got Julio Jones. Um, he got you know I think when he came there he he got a, a hot start. His first year they did really well. But then uh, last year was a letdown. I think if they have another letdown, he might be on the hot seat this year.
2: I'm gonna go with Matt Patricia. That was a dumpster fire year one. Uh, Patriots, you know, Belichick's assistants just tend to crash and burn. Uh, that's that's my call. I think Patricia, if they if they start out slowly out of the gate, because um, there's talent in Detroit. Uh, if you know halfway through the season, we're looking at a, you know. Two and sixteen. I think he's. I think he's. Is done. there
0: really talent in Detroit? I, I
1: was thinking the same thing. I mean, they, they. they got they got some, but I don't know. I don't know what. Um. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what I think about um, old Matthew Stafford.
2: Okay, competent. Can we all agree he's 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 competent, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I, I would
0: put him in the DAC category of quarterbacks that are better than average, but not much better than average.
2: Okay, I know they've got a few a few draft you know high draft picks playing uh, on the offensive line. Receivers, I guess they did take a step back. I mean, Galladay and Marvin Jones. Okay, maybe maybe just average talent there. Drafted that tight end, Hawkinson. That should be interesting. See how he does. The defense wasn't great, and that's where he should be. Like uh, really, that's where I think more of the. Uh, You know, onus on on Patricia can be if he's a defensive guru, and you know they're rolling out our boy Jalen Reeves-Mabin, outside linebacker. So as long as they don't put him on special teams like uh, like old Butch did, then maybe he'll play.
0: I uh, I went kind of similar to you. I went to another Patriot, former Patriot assistant. I went with Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I uh, they don't have a GM, so every I mean everything's (laughs) literally Bill O'Brien or bust this year. Uh and uh, they, they have the franchise quarterback, they have New Hopkins, the receivers are good. I mean Will Fuller and Oh yeah, they got QT. Uh, you know. uh I think I think they're definitely good enough to win. You got JJ Watt on defense. He may have Jadavion Clowney, not sure what's going on Maybe. there. I think his thought seat's pretty hot. And if I had to go with another one, I would pick Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> first, first year
1: Year one.
0: Wow. Year I'm one. His seats hot. He, I I think he had a losing record at Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh and he got fired at Texas Tech and somehow got an NFL job after getting fired at Texas Tech. No other job between. I I think if things go south, uh I it wouldn't surprise me if he's a one-year one like one-year head coach in the NFL. So, I think I, mean, the, I
1: think the,
2: the, Go I ahead. Think
1: the, I think the Cardinals will be improved this year. I don't think I don't know if it'll be necessarily because of him, but I mean, you can't get much uh you know, worse than, uh, I don't know. remember his name, old boy that played quarterback last year. And, uh, you know, Kyler Murray is going to come in there, give him a spark. And, you know, I think they're going to spread it out. You know, if, if you learn anything from Kingsbury's offense at Texas Tech, they're going to try to spread it out, which will be good for David Johnson. So, I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team by any stretch of the imagination. But I think they, they'll probably win six games this year, which, you know, double their win total from last year. <laughs>
0: Last, last NFL topic we're going to talk about in this segment. Um, hey, well, you're a, you're a big-time Colts fan, and by big time,
1: you at least like them. I do. Um, well, I'm from there, so I, I need to like them.
0: Yeah, so last week we touched on uh, Andrew Luck's injury to his calf, his ankle. Not sure what the hell it is. Still not sure what it is. Uh, are, are you starting to be a little worried about week one, week two, week three, just the season in general? What are your thoughts?
1: I am a little worried only because they they haven't put out a lot of updates. Um, Jim Irsay did just come out on a um, serious uh, radio show and say it was uh, more of a bone thing than a muscle thing, but that doesn't give me a lot of confidence. Um, a couple years ago, you know, when he had the shoulder issue, they just were kind of, you know, murky about it, muddy. The water was kind of muddy. Like, we just didn't really know what was going on, and all of a sudden he missed the whole year. So... Um, you know, he's a transcendent talent. He's amazing, like amazing player. I mean, he fits that town perfectly with that neck beard. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I want to see him be healthy. I, I think they have a, you know, I, I really like the coach, you know, Frank Wright is a, a solid coach and I, I, I like the roster. So, you know, I think if, if he's healthy, they're going to be in a good, good position this year to at least get beat by the Patriots in the playoffs, but um, yeah, no, I'm a little worried about it just because I'm not, not really sure what's going on.
0: Hey, man, uh,
1: high five on being right last week, being ahead of the the news
0: story. Any other thoughts on, uh, Andrew Luck you didn't cover last week?
2: Yeah, no, I just, same, same thought here. I'm, if I'm, if I'm a Colts fan, if I'm, if I'm UA wall, I'd, I'd be, I'd be worried. I'm afraid he's gonna, gonna miss the, miss, uh, a significant por- portion of time. And that's, I mean, Good. They're gonna have a brutal season if he's if he's
0: out. I right. I would agree. Most weeks we're gonna have an NFL story segment like this, and uh, once every uh, blue moon, whenever A. Walls on this podcast, we'll have an MLB segment because let's go. By, by God, I love <laughs> I love some baseball. I'm gonna go ahead and apologize for Hickman, but okay. uh, here we go. Major League Baseball. Hmm. Uh, Matt Hickman. We'll start with you on this one. I don't know if you knew or not. You may not have, but the major league baseballs are juiced this year. Uh players that hit ten to twelve homers are hitting twenty five homers this year. Uh the ball is flying out of the ballpark at like a record pace, uh even passing up the steroid era. Uh do you like it? Do you hate it? Do you even care? Did you know? What do you think of the juice ball, Hickman?
2: So I'd heard of it and it has to do with the actual ball they're using this year, right?
0: Uh yeah, something about the seams aren't raised as high, so uh so I'm, there's I'm not
2: always, as much resistance okay i mean i've always thought that the, the like some of the the non-standardized things in baseball were, were interesting like the 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 outfields the distances to, are different correct in different ballparks so that the, the, the oh, variances oh, yeah. in ballparks parks can be so bizarre and non standard even the you know the dh rule in different leagues being different so uh you know a, a change in anomaly like this yeah i'm i'm fine with it i mean home runs are exciting right i'm not not a purist, obviously, because I'm not a baseball guy. But uh, yeah, works for me. This it's not players aren't uh, juicing. <laughs> I think that's allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Rafael Palmero.
0: Hey, well,
1: what you got? Um, I'm torn, right? Because homers are up, but I feel like in a lot of cases, average is down. So the you know I have watched baseball pretty much my entire life i'm you know you you say you're not a purist i kind of am but um no i mean i I like home runs i like i like it um it makes the game more exciting um and i think a lot of it too is you know in the last few years the players are learning more about launch angle and you know their their swings are are more catered towards hitting home runs but it does seem like this year uh that you know, just even your Joe Schmoes of the league are just like I'm looking at stats and saying like, how does this guy have 20 home runs or whatever? And uh, you know, but he's also hitting 230 or whatever. So I would say I'm kind of torn on it. I I like it for the entertainment factor. You know, I always want more fans uh, in baseball. I mean, the home run derby was incredible. It was fun to watch. Oh, it uh, was. Yeah, and uh, so you know, I'm okay with it. I hopefully I think. Hopefully next year they make a little bit of a change, maybe bring it bring it back a little bit, um, and you know the pitchers will start to adjust as well as as we go forward. So, and, and they're still they still pitchers having great years as well. You know, your stud pitchers are still having great years, so I'm okay with it. I, I'm kind of indifferent on the whole thing. It's
0: it is what it is. I mean, it's not going to change uh, this year. Uh, they may change the ball a little going into next year. Really is what it is. Uh, If you're a pitcher, you better be able to miss bats, or you're not going to have that much success. Well, Uh, if you're
1: Justin Verlander has given up the most home runs in the league this year, and he's probably the you know one of the three best pitchers in baseball this year, so it's kind of interesting.
0: He also misses bats.
1: He misses a lot of bats. Yes.
0: Yeah, that's that's the key. And uh, for the hitters, like it's weird watching Dansby Swanson, who hadn't hit an opposite field homer in his major league career. All of a sudden, I don't know I think he has like fifteen homers or something. And he's only played four months of the season, which is just bizarre uh it's whatever it is what it is i I tend to lean towards not liking it, but it is what it is uh next question on baseball uh awalt, if I gave you the Dodgers and Astros or the field, who are you taking to win the World Series?
1: That's a tough one, but I think I'm going Dodgers and Astros because honestly, I think that's who I would pick to be in the World Series. Uh, the The Astros, when they getting Grinky, I mean, they already had a stellar team, a good rotation, but getting Grinky, like having Grinky, Verlander, and Cole, is going to be really tough to beat in a playoff series. And the Dodgers are just a juggernaut. Uh, Cody Bellinger this year has just been out of his mind, and you know ryu is pitching to like a 1.6 era to go along with walker bueller and kershaw same thing with them i mean three starting pitchers that are pitching that well it's gonna to be tough to beat in a playoff series so i'm gonna take dodgers and astros
0: uh hickman i to take the field uh, i like it
2: yeah i mean think about i mean this is again i don't know much about baseball but I feel like there have been a number of seasons for some, like, the two years. The Marlins won at these wild card teams. end up. The Cardinals did it twice, right, when they were having also-ran kind of seasons, barely made the playoffs, then ended up uh, winning it all. So uh, I feel like this happens in baseball, so I'm going to take the field.
0: Uh, I'm going to take the Dodgers and Astros. Uh, not because I like the Dodgers, but I think the Astros are just that good. Uh, the Dodgers aren't bad, but the back end of that bullpen kind of worries me because Jansen's looked... Uh, He's looked hittable this year. And it's a good
1: point. It's a good point.
0: And when we get to October, that, that kind of matters. It just feels like it's amplified. Uh, but the Astros, man, I, I don't know what their weakness is. Like They're just a juggernaut. So I'll take the Dodgers and Astros. Uh, next one. So we were talking about home runs earlier. Um, is baseball better in 2019 than it was in 1998 when Sosa McGuire had their – Chasen Maris and
1: 61 home runs. Okay, I'm going to say yes. And 14-year-old me is like kicking myself because I remember those days vividly, like loving that. But there's just something about all these young players in baseball right now. Uh, It's incredible how many really, really good young players are in baseball right now. The future of the game um, is as bright as can be with, with all these young players. And, you know, back in the day, 1998, we you know, these guys are early thirties, mid thirties, you know, McGuire, Sosa bonds, you know, they're, you know, obviously on some stuff and, um, you know, it was great for baseball. Baseball needed it coming out of the strike in in 94, but I think now it's, it's, it's in a better place with these young players. Uh, Matt, as a casual fan, what would you say?
2: So I don't look back on, that era with any sort of wistfulness. Like, you know, uh I remember like watching the home run chase between Sosa and Maguire and thinking that was kinda cool. I would probably lean toward lean toward now. I don't really have a have a big reason for it, uh, aside from like I don't know, I feel like I've seen some teams besides the Yankees win the World Series. So maybe, maybe maybe parody is what I'm gonna go with, but I don't know parodies, right, because y'all just talked about two teams that are absolute juggernauts. But, I mean, what, the Astros won the World Series a couple of years ago? The Red Sox, obviously, since they're from Boston, I hope they always lose. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but <laughs> the, the, the
1: Dodgers haven't won since 1988. So, you know, but I they, mean, there, there's still yeah. a lot of parody. I mean, the freaking sure. Cubs won the World Series. So uh,
2: Yeah, the Cubs won, which that's a memorable story, watching the, watching the Cubs win at AWOL, right? Three in the morning, yes,
1: watching on uh, DVR
2: on dvr <laughs> wow AWOL stole my
0: notes on this one i i said today's product is is infinitely better uh mm-hmm. the young talent in the game is is really second second to i don't know that it's ever been this good uh just i agree yeah across baseball it's just i mean it's, and you see rookies even this year that just get called up uh, you have you alvarez with the astros uh, Austin Riley had a little splash for a month, and he looked amazing.
1: Bo There's, Bichette so, right now.
0: Oh, he's on fire. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a Star Wars
2: character? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Players today are like the young players are not only are they getting called up, they're, they're contributing. Uh, it's fun to watch. And speaking of fun to watch, Matt,
2: mm-hmm.
0: can you name a single baseball player that's playing right now? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, who is the most exciting player in MLB?
2: Hey, can I answer this?
0: Yeah, Is it, isn't
2: it Mike Trout?
0: Um, I said exciting. I didn't say best.
2: <laughs> oh well, in that case, I'm going to go with uh, Hobby Bias. go with Trout. Was that a bad answer? No, uh,
1: that's that actually what I was going answer. to say. That's what I was going to say, and it was going to be basically a, a
2: baseball savant. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh wow! That no, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I I thought about this, and you know, I thought about Acuna for the Braves. Obviously thought about Trout. I mean, it's weird to say that he's he's boring considering he's the best hitter of his genera of a lot of generations recently. Um, he's an all timer. But uh, you know, you don't get you don't hear a lot about him outside of just him being ridiculous. But something about watching Javi Baez play, and I know I'm a Cubs fan, so this is a Homer pick, but it's not just his hitting, but it's it's his flair, it's the way he runs the bases, it's the he, no he, tags. Oh, the no look tags at second base. Even how he, when he's sliding into second, sometimes he'll like, he, he just has like a swim intuition move. to like do the swim move and get in. Like, it's just everything about him. So, I mean, it's a homer pick, clearly, but that's what I'm going to go with as well.
0: I had four players. None of them were Mike Trout. He's, he's damn good. Like, he's, he's by far the best player in baseball. Uh, and I don't know if there's the second place. It might be like a third place on that. Yeah, it's... Mike Trout, and then there's a big drop-off. Uh, but most exciting, I've written on four names. They were Javi Baez, Ronald Acuna, Cody Bellinger, and Fernando Tatis. Uh, Tatis, I just don't see enough, so I crossed him off. Cody Bellinger, uh, all around. His swing's beautiful. It's left-handed, just absolute power. Swings for the fences, every swing. Uh, and He has an absolute cannon when he plays in the outfield. Acuna, I'm a Braves fan, Homer, but I had to narrow it down and I also went Javi Baez just for the reason wow. I well mentioned. Uh, he's just electric, so much fun. As AWOL knows, he's my he was my favorite prospect for a number of years as mm. a baseball because the Braves went through a very dark spell about five, three to five years ago. It was really bad, so I kind of had to find something else to keep me in on baseball and Javi Baez was that person,
1: so... The, uh, winner. the former Cubs GM did not do many things right, but he hit
0: on Javi Baez, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, Matt, since you're a uh, MLB expert.
2: Yeah, definitely. If you could
0: change one thing about Major League Baseball, what would it be?
2: Um, one thing about it, I would, I mean, I know this is like a tired argument, but I would go to a pitch count and speed up the game.
1: Like it. Hey, well. I thought
2: the same thing
1: Um, I kind of like what they're kind of doing it a little bit this year, but um, limiting the amount of um, pitching changes you can have Um, just because, you know, when guys are coming in for one out here or there, I get it. I understand the idea behind it, you know, lefty bringing in a lefty to, you know, face a lefty, that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with limiting the amount of uh, pitching changes you can make.
0: Sounds like the Gabe Kapler rule right there. Uh, in September, he is the absolute worst manager to watch. I remember mm-hmm. last year, the the Braves were winning by about eight runs in the eighth inning, and he made three pitching changes during that inning. And it oh, wasn't because gosh. his guys were giving up runs at that point. He was just going matchups lefty-rottie in the eighth inning of an eight-run game. And yeah. that game was at Philly, and he got booed hysterically, like, just booed every time he made a mound visit. Yeah. Uh, I like that one. Mine was go to the universal DH. Ain't nobody hmm. wanting to come to a game to watch a pitcher hit. There's at least one or two pitchers that get hurt every year, either hitting or on the base pass. It's not good baseball. It's terrible to watch, uh, especially as the game becomes more specialized. Uh, let pitchers pitch, let hitters hit. It it's fun. So, mine was doing away, uh, just doing away with pitchers hitting and going to the universal DH.
1: Can can I also throw in, can we see more position players pitching? That's always fun, too.
0: Uh, That is fun. Hickman, would you agree that that's fun?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would be. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see, you know, back in the day if, like, you know, Big Poppy came up to throw throw a pitch or something. (laughs) (laughs) I'd watch that, sure.
0: Uh, Here we go, moving on to the lightning round. This week, Pete Burns was tweeted a question. How would you rank SEC teams all-time in football? His answer was Bama, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, LSU, Auburn, Texas A&M, Arkansas, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Missouri, and Vanderbilt. Hickman, uh, do you have anything to say about the order he chose?
2: So, I mean, obviously the controversial thing is Tennessee is Tennessee second. Um you would think the the recency bias would say, like obviously Tennessee has taken a decade off. Let's be honest, and maybe still maybe a little
0: longer than a decade.
2: That's absolutely true. Maybe longer than a decade. Tennessee is still
0: 2003 ish. Uh,
2: well, let's say, let's go 07. Okay, uh, there you go. Fair. 07's last SEC East championship, and then even even Fulmer's last year in 08, they had the number three defense in the country. So anyway. It's been a long time, but there's Tennessee is 12th in winning percentage all time. They're still uh, ninth all time in uh, wins, which is second in the SEC. They're second in the SEC in, in all time record. They're second in the SEC in national championships with nine. They're second in the SEC with 52 bowl games. So, yeah, Tennessee squarely second and has like the distance to Alabama is ridiculous. Alabama's, you know, you could argue that they're the most storied program. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think the balls are squarely second. There's some also rants down there at the bottom. Uh, you know, we could debate where Florida stands. That's always a fun thing for me. But, uh, uh, go ahead. You,
0: you, there's a lot of people that say Florida should be ranked higher, like above Tennessee, because, as you know, they have quite the streak going. Uh, I don't know what they've won, something like 15 out of 16 against Tennessee or something stupid.
2: Uh, Florida, they've absolutely owned... Uh, Tennessee. However, um, at the same time, Florida. Florida only has eight SEC championships all time. Okay, none of those happened prior to 1991. Florida was has had seriously. This is sounds like an exaggeration. They had 20 years where they were among they were an elite program, and that's it. That's literally it. They were they had Steve Spurrier's year in the late 60s uh, when he was you know he was good he won the Heisman, but when Spurrier came back to coach and he was he was the coach in the 90s through Urban Meyer's run um, that's that's it aside from that they have no they have no championships they have no i mean no neither national nor conference they barely have any years of relevance outside of those 20 years so uh, yeah i think that's where they belong
0: Hey, well, when I say uh, University of Florida softball pitchers, what's the first thing you think of?
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: one of uh, Hickman's uh, past girlfriends,
2: maybe? I don't know. Uh, where? That's funny.
1: I heard she was uh, crazy, but never met her. She did go to Florida. <laughs> Something about you and Florida girls, Hickman. I don't know oh, it is. Yeah, who
2: knows, man.
0: <laughs> Next lightning round topic, guys. Over under zero point five wins for Tiger Woods between now and the end of twenty twenty.
1: I'm gonna go under. I don't see it, man. I, I, I think the I think the Masters this year was great. It was amazing. It was an all time win. Um, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's got many left in the tank. And uh, obviously the the injuries are starting to creep up a little bit now. Or so they so he's sane. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go under.
2: Same under
1: uh
0: i i i love tiger i love everything about him but i also have to take the under this is probably the first time ever that i've been like i don't know that he's ever gonna win again
1: so Hmm. but i honestly i probably would have said the same thing before the masters this year so what
2: happened to that masters what was that
1: i i really
0: think it has something to do with like there's a ton of good golf tournaments that go on before the masters leading up to it you have like the Florida golf swing where you have like the Arnold Palmer invitation. Uh, there's two other tournaments in Florida. Then you had the world, the world golf championship match play tournament. So he was playing a lot of golf and it, it kind of just, he kind of peaked in Augusta and then post Augusta, there's just, Hey, there's not enough time between majors and there's not enough legit tournaments to play between majors. So he, I think that's what it has to do with is, if he's played a lot he can still win he just doesn't play enough these days outside of pre augusta
1: and we've talked about it i mean the augusta national's the easiest of the major courses um it's it's an amazing place you know it's beautiful but it is the easiest of the major courses they're used to playing it cuz they play there every year and you know he did have time to tune up for it and like you said there with the with them changing the schedule this year and moving the pga to may um, you know, there was no time for him to get ready for those other majors. And he, just, he has to have that at this point in his career. I agree.
0: Uh, next topic, uh, Dabo Sweeney. He, uh, he's the ultimate little man syndrome coach in college football. Um, he didn't give Kelly Bryant a national championship ring. Uh, Kelly Bryant was the starting quarterback for four games, uh, got replaced by a much better quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And he decided to quit the team. For some reason, he thought Derek Dooley could help him get to the NFL, so he transferred to Missouri. Uh, that's a bold strategy on his part. But, yeah, no title ring for uh, Kelly Bryant. What do y'all think?
2: I think it's petty. I don't know. <clears throat> Dude was on your team. I know he left the program, but was it – I mean, whether or not – he, yes, he probably should have stayed, but, I mean – you know, who, who's the, who's the adult in the room? It's Dabo, right? So
0: allegedly, I mean,
2: I ale- allegedly that, Dabo, right? allegedly, but I, I think I disagree.
1: I know. I mean, I get what you're saying. Uh makes sense. You know, Dabo's the adult and he is just a college kid. Like, but I, I think, I mean, just because you lose your job to a superior player, you're going to take your ball and go home, you know, like he, he abandoned his team. You know, I, I just don't, I don't think that's pretty, I don't think that's cool. So I'm going to say sure. I'm okay with it.
0: I I see both sides. I tend to lean with Hickman. Uh, what's the harm in giving Marine? Like, I don't think it sets a precedent. Uh, it's kind of a weird situation where they literally had the best college quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck. Yeah. Uh, sitting on the bench. So it, was, it became pretty inevitable that Trevor Lawrence was going to start, uh, Bryant didn't handle it the best, but at the same time, he's a college kid. He's 21, 22 years old. I made some very poor decisions, uh, especially in girlfriends back in the day. We know how <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I tend to think he should have got a ring, but whatever. It's not that big of a story. Last lightning round topic. Uh, our good friend McClure Boyd shared this Indiana Pacers uh, pick, pick a starting <laughs> lineup, five points, three points, one point. Uh, Let me tell you, the Indiana Pacers, that was one of the most depressing charts I've ever looked at. It was
2: sad, Uh, (laughs) yeah.
0: It was very sad. So, uh, Hickman, uh, who's the best Indiana Pacer player of all time?
2: I mean, that's a great question now. Um, I I mean, I, I guess I have to say, and I know you don't like the guy, but I guess you have to say Reggie just because of the era in which he played that was have you like watched the, the golden years basketball
0: games lately.
2: See, I, yes, but I can't like I'm I you have to dis like like not associate those two things, right? I guess maybe. So I'm not so sure. We're going just player. He was the you know, he was the guy that was the the most exciting and brought in ushered in the best era of of Pacers basketball. I guess you could argue that the uh, you know, what, Roy Hibbert, David West, uh Lance Stevenson era but I mean the I think the mid-90s teams what they it's unfortunate they did go to only one finals but that was when Larry Bird was their coach in what was it 90 or 2000 but that whole run between the mid-90s and 2000 they went to the Eastern Conference finals but three or four times I know they lost in game four times yeah because they lost in game seven three different times brutal brutal but uh yeah I'm gonna go with Reggie for that era hey well I, I mean, you know me. I'm, I'm gonna agree.
1: I'm Reggie Miller is, is he he put Indiana Pacers basketball on the map. Like, they really were nothing before he got there. Uh, They went to the playoffs 15 of his 18 seasons there. I mean, come on. Like, I mean, compared to some of the guys now, you know, he he was averaging you know somewhere between 20 and 24 points a game. But compared to some of the guys now averaging 30 points a game. It was a different game then, more physical. Um, he just had a swagger about him. I mean, and that just came out anytime he played in, in uh, Madison Square Garden against the Knicks, against your boy John Starks, and uh, you know scoring 25 points in, what was that game five in '94 uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. It was pretty epic. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm go lucky. with Reggie Miller. Uh, lucky. Yeah. Or what was that uh, in nine nine seconds? He scored like eight points or uh-huh. something. Like that. Uh, yeah. Eight
2: points in six really, seconds.
0: Are we, are we yeah. It was. Uh, <laughs> the best Indian Pacers player is Paul George. Uh, he left on questionable circumstances. He didn't play his whole career like, there like Reggie did. Uh, Paul George is the best player by far, hands down. Reggie's Reggie's Reggie. He ruins every TNT broadcast that <laughs> I've heard he I turn on. He is
1: he's really bad. He is not I that.
0: Mind. He's. And then he started to oh, like, ruin some March Madness games because some reason they put him on there.
1: Uh, that, was, yeah. that was terrible. Uh, yeah, that was he, a bad bad, bad move.
0: It, it's awful. I don't know why he's still on my TV watching basketball, but uh, damn you, Reggie Miller. Uh, <laughs> Logan introduced a segment last week. It was called Pour It Out, Sip It, or Chug It. I kind of liked it, so we're going back to the well today. So, Bryson uh, the DeChambeau, you pouring it, you're sipping it, or you're chugging it.
1: I'm pouring Or no Yes Pouring it out Does that mean I don't like it? That means uh, you effing hate it Uh, Pouring it out Like This dude Get get over yourself Like I mean I watched a little bit of him Uh, And, and just like The most egregious was An eight foot putt And he took like three minutes To do the putt Like oh, Two to- minutes
0: and twenty seconds And he missed it by a mile
1: Yeah Tommy Fleetwood And Justin Thomas Are both just standing there Like what the hell dude Like just, he's weird. He's, you know, they call him the scientist, but hey, no, I'm pouring it out. Hickman,
0: as somebody that has played a four-man scramble and let teams pass them because they play so slow, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on Bryson Shambo
2: So I would like to point out that the reason that teams passed up my force, like my group, was not. Uh, oh, okay, my part of it was due to. Ter- just being a terrible golfer, not because I played so slowly, uh, but yeah, it's annoying when somebody takes forever to line up a shot. Just you know, I know he's a professional, but if everybody else can do it, why can't why can't old you know scientists? So I'll pour it out too. I agree.
0: I'm pouring him out all day because he's just a guy I just don't like. Uh, there's people on life that you just don't like in general, and Price um, Shambo <laughs> happens to be the golfer, version of this person. <laughs> if i met him and just like had to hang out with him i would just be like i want to shoot myself the whole time so pouring them out all right next up uh hickman you shared a picture of an applebee's dollar my ties uh <laughs> billboard <laughs> sign today So uh, yes, it did. applebee's we pouring it out we sipping it or we chugging it
2: all right so it. Applebee's is all like I'm all about restaurants for circum certain circumstances. Applebee's, uh, I'm gonna sip it. All right, so dollar dollar ties cheap appetizers. That was fantastic. When I was 26, I was all about chugging the Applebee's. Uh, <laughs> but these, these days, it's got to be the right circumstance. I'll show up. It's predictable. Um, you know, I can get my cheap beverages and maybe uh, you know some nachos nuevos. It's gotta be the right circumstance, but sip it.
1: Chugging the Applebees is a great fantasy football team name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with sipping it. Um, anytime after you know, ten o'clock, nine, nine or ten o'clock at night, I'm all in. Give me those half price apps, um, the dollar mai tais. I'll have I'll have a few. They're probably gonna suck. Not going to have very much alcohol in them, but I'm not going to Applebee's, you know, for a regular dinner. Uh, food's probably not going to be that good. It's uh, a little overpriced for subpar food, so I'm just going to go sip.
0: I also went with sip uh, just because they have cold beer. Outside of the cold beer, uh, they don't have much I like, so I just went with sipping it. Uh, last poured out Sip it or chug it, uh, Matthew Barry, the talented Mister Roto.
2: I'm just tired of him. I'm pouring it out. Like I'm sure his points are great, but his columns are becoming insufferable because there's, you know, two thousand words of things not related to fantasy, and there are all these anecdotes which I know he loves writing about. But you know, all right, great, let's talk about when you worked on Crocodile Dundee Three or whatever. But like, I don't know how that. They
0: What's all revolve around be? him in annoying-ass
2: oh. ways. Yeah, super narcissistic with it, so I'm I'm out. Hey, well. I'm, I'm still chugging. I'm ch- chugging, chugging. The, chugging the berry. Chugging <laughs> the berry.
1: <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I still listen to the podcast. Uh, is is the that going to be football. your fantasy football <laughs> name? Uh, chugging uh, the berry? Chugging the berry? Yeah, that's next year. Um, okay. I'm still listening to the podcast. I, I, I don't think he takes himself too seriously. Um, I mean, how can you when your job is to talk about fantasy football, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, his, his art is, you know, love, hate. And I I think this year I heard, I heard on the podcast, it's 14,000 words. Like it's pretty impressive. You can write that much, but yeah, maybe, maybe take some of those, uh, things about yourself out of there and just talk about football. But you know, he, he's a, he's a writer, so, you know, he's going to be entertaining as well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm still chugging it.
0: I think 12,000 of those words are about himself and himself only. Yeah, I'm pouring them out. I, I would, if there was another option that was worse, I would pick that one. So this is a true story. I was sitting at work this week. I uh, saw the love-hate. I was like, oh, love-hate. Love, Let's click on it. And I'm scrolling on my little mouse. I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I yeah. still don't see the first word about football. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I thought this was a football article. What the hell? Uh, I just can't, uh, just give me, give me the stats I want. That's all I care about. I don't care about when he was a writer for some sitcom or some, I I don't, I don't care TV show. I really don't care. Uh, I'm not into the whole superhero movie stuff that he likes and references. It's he's not my guy. Uh, He
1: was, he was in Avengers Endgame, which, you know, highest grossing movie of all time. So,
0: well, This brings us to the last segment, the Pickin' and Grinnin' segment. Here we go. Sponsored by the Agave Brothers.
1: Hey, Walt, take us away. Oh, let me tell you about the Agave Brothers. Uh, Just a little, uh, little cover band here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'm from. Uh, Me and a few buddies, Uh, playing, playing around the the city a couple times a month. But if you're looking for, you know, high energy. Band for your wedding, party, bar mitzvah, gala. Uh, you know, even if you're in Tennessee, we'll travel. Just pay our, our expenses, you know. We'll, uh, we'll we'll be there to play your your, your party. So, no, I mean, we, we just have a good time. Uh, Gave Brothers uh, on Facebook. Look us up.
0: Last week's picks. Uh, last yeah. week, Matt, you picked the Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals-Chargers game. You had the Cardinals minus two, which was a winner. But you had the over of 36. It was not 30. Close. Uh, Logan, I'm so disappointed he's not on the podcast today, just so I could roast him on this bet. He had the Bengals plus three against the Chiefs. In case you are wondering, the Bengals lost 38-17. to 17. <laughs> Not even close. And uh, the over-under of the game, well, the Bengals might as well not have shown up because the Chiefs hit the over by themselves, hmm. uh, scoring 38 points. So uh, Matt and Logan were one for one. Me on the other hand, I was uh, two zero oh, and one. I love some Patrick Cantlay as Logan liked to uh, harass me about. But <laughs> chugging I had the
2: Cantlay. Cantlay. <laughs> I
0: had Can'tley uh, Cantlay versus Tiger. That was that was like I said, bet your mortgage. Uh, Tiger with Giroux, no brainer, definitely in. <laughs> I had Cantlay versus Thomas. Uh, they both finished ten under. That was a push. And my DraftKings lineup at Cantley, Fienau, Woodland, Reby, and Struka, Uh it cashed out, made a little money. Not a lot, but at least I didn't lose money. So, 2-0-1. Oh, I, I like my golf bets. Uh, Hickman, what do you got this week?
2: All right, so we're going back to preseason football. Um, Browns and Colts. Uh, Browns are plus three. So, I'm going to take Cleveland- uh, again, I, I, I like choosing teams in the preseason that are all about like making optics look good. Uh, the Colts could be a contender in the right circumstance. They don't care. Uh, the Browns are the Browns. They could go 4-0 in the preseason and go 4-12 in the regular season. So, uh, yeah, I think Browns plus three.
0: You're not going to add the over-under to that? You don't want like, to add, I've been add burned. a loser to this bet?
2: I'm, no, I'm just going to stick with that. I'm putting my money there.
0: Okay.
1: Hey, well, what you got?
2: So it's a little bit different. Um,
1: Going back to the juice ball, we got we got three, no, four guys on the on the cusp of already being at 40 home runs. Um, I'm going to say by this time next week, we're going to have all four of those guys at 40 home runs. Now, think about this last year at this time or last year at the end of the season, only four guys had 40 home runs or more. So I'm going to say by this time next week, we're going to have four guys already at 40 home runs. Uh, that's a bold one. I like it.
0: Uh, I had to go back to the well to golf because I'm, a, I'm kind of on a heater there. So uh, I think it's the – I don't know what the tournament's called. It's played at Medina this week. I went with uh, my DraftKings team of Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Louis Ustazen, Francisco Malinari, Joaquin Neiman, and Chaz Reavy. I think it's going to be a winner. So, those those are my six golfers. This was a fun episode. AWOL, thanks for uh, hopping on for Logan, who uh, is a little under the weather. Logan, get better. Matt, Absolutely. It, as always.
2: Enjoy it, guys. Uh, AWOL, thanks for, uh, for for joining in. I think we'll find AWOL is going to be a frequent contributor.
1: Oh, please. Yes. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. Thanks for stopping by.